I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. I was making a lovely six figures from blogging. You know, it was a very nice paycheck. When the pandemic hit, brands were hesitant to put the money in their marketing department because they didn't know we couldn't go into stores. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, a podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 122. If you're enjoying our podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting with an influencer who, before the pandemic, was making about six figures off of her brand deals and everything. Uh, but of course, when the pandemic hit, everything kind of fell apart. And she's trying to share with us a little bit about how she's been rebuilding her business, as well as how she was supplementing her income during this time. Um, but before we go any further, what are you drinking today, Jesse? So I am keeping it alcohol free at the moment. I am just having an espresso with a shot of like chocolate sauce, mm -hmm. which whenever I order this drink, People get really confused, like the baristas, because it's not a mocha. There's no milk in it. I just want the espresso, like a double shot espresso with like a squirt of the chocolate sauce. That's it. <laughs> they get really confused about it. But it's good because it's like, I don't, I don't really, I mean, it's good. Like I'll still drink mochas every once in a while. It's not like I have a dairy allergy, but sometimes I just want it really strong and like not watered down. So I just. I'm, I'm looking this up. Espresso yeah, with like chocolate. It. It's literally called espresso, chocolate espresso. That's what I'm having. Okay. All right. Well, chocolate. We yeah, maybe, chocolate maybe that, espresso. Just need to order a chocolate espresso. Is adding a square of chocolate and espresso a thing? Yes, I guess. Chocolate mm. or espresso hot chocolate. Kind of, yeah. Without okay. the dairy, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Okay. It's 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 a thing. Cool. It's a thing, Jesse. Well, for me, I'm also keeping it alcohol-free. Mm -hmm. um, raspberry, well, it sounds it doesn't sound like it. Raspberry Limoncello Polar Seltzer. Oh, that sounds actually really good. It was really good. It is really good. It's very, um, you know, I'm, I am ready for, I know it's not quite summer, but I am very much ready for summer. Mm. And so that's like my, it's almost like my summer mocktail of the moment you know it's it's delicious and they sell it at you know i know you don't go to market basket but they sell it at you know grocery stores and everything so it's easy to pick up and i love it nice i love it all right well and now that we've got that business out of the way we are going to turn to our discussion with samantha curtis and she's going to share with us how she uh has kind of pivoted her her career path and is trying to get back into um making that making that money with her influencer business when she started the samantha show in 2011 so let's let's take a listen in Samantha Curtis is a life and style blogger and content creator inspiring women to look and feel their best. She started her blog, The Samantha Show, in May 2011 when her husband deployed to Afghanistan, and she's been doing it ever since. She is going to talk with us about how she's rebuilding her business post-pandemic. Samantha, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you on. It's kind of funny. So you and I met in Salem, and I didn't put this together mm -hmm. until after the fact, but I was thinking about how there's the Samantha 
bewitched statue. Yes. My namesake, I like to say. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm the one who comes from this area and, you know, and you're, you, you absolutely love Salem and you come in, you know, you come in every, every couple of months, essentially. Yeah. Um, And I was just thinking of that, like, oh, it's 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 the it, and the samantha show what a what yep. a great name for, for a blog well first off before we get into more of who you are and what you do this is cocktails and content creation so we must start off with what are you drinking today so i'm drinking plain old water right now i did just finish my protein shake though because <laughs> it is what time is it where you are it's like one yeah it's one i have to go pick up my daughter so. oh that's right you are at yeah. the same time as us yeah nothing fun in my cup today <laughs> oh that's all right that's all right well uh, i gave a quick little intro about who you are and what you do but tell us in your own words your journey and how you got to where you are today yeah so i started my blog in may 2011 so my husband and i met in august of 2010 and by april of 2011 we had gotten engaged, married, um, pregnant, and he was deploying to Afghanistan. And it happened very quickly. Um, And so I moved up to Fort Drum, New York was our first duty station, and he was leaving. And I was kind of trying to process, whoa, what just happened? Like, what's about to happen? It was a lot. So I started writing. And um, that was a way also for him to keep up with what I was doing back on the home front while he was deployed. So I kept writing in that. And then he came home in March of 2012. And um, that summer, I had actually another military spouse be like, hey, do you know that like brands will pay you to write about their products? And I was like, oh, well, that's weird. And this was kind of on the brink of influencer marketing. It was not a thing back then. Um, so it's kind of like the forefront. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So um, I started getting a few products and writing about them and then fast forward to today <laughs> and it's turned into my full-time job, my career. Um, it was kind of something I did as a military spouse moving every two to three years. I didn't have a stable, I couldn't have a stable job. My husband was leaving. I had to be home. Childcare was hard with him gone and finding a job for a short period of time. So it was kind of like, I kind of made my own path when there wasn't one and kind of turned it into my career so that I could have one. I um, know a couple of military, um, you know, spouses and like their story is so like, it's a struggle Mm because to your point, you're moving every three years. You can't like, who's going to like, I didn't think of any of that. No, it's Mm -hmm. so hard for the military wives to find work or to have like a traditional career. And so, or childcare, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot that do like either like, you know, per DM, you know, counseling or therapy or, mm-hmm. you know, or create their own business like you do. So, yeah. And it was one of those things where at the time, so the city closest to us was Watertown, New York. And my job choices would have been in something where I literally would have been giving my entire paycheck to childcare. So I kind of mm. made the decision at that point, like, okay, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. Um, and then once I started learning about this turning into a business, I kind of like put all my eggs in that basket and just worked really hard (laughs) to, to make it work because I couldn't have a traditional job. Now, just before we get into our, like the real topic of the conversation, I know a lot of times when it comes to being an influencer, while, you know, it is, it is a, a more flexible position in terms of, you know, you were, you were creating your own opportunities, essentially, you know, there are the different communities um, you know, where, you know, like we have like 
in our area, the Boston Bloggers Network Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And you kind of get hooked up to a lot of these PR companies that are kind of area specific. What did you kind of do every time you moved around? Did you just kind of see what would happen? Or were you like reaching out to these PR companies and brands like as you would move into the area and be like, hi, I'm I'm kind of I'm an influencer. I'm brand new to the area. Like, what would you do? I mostly look for hashtags on Instagram. So most people Mm. do like, like I'm in Cleveland. So Cleveland blogger, Cleveland influencer. Now in New York, this is back in, we lived there, I think 2011 to 2013. So that was kind of pre-influencer, pre-blogger. But we moved to Fort Benning, Georgia right after that. And that's kind of when it was picking up. So I would look up like Atlanta blogger because Columbus, Georgia is a very small town, but I would look up bloggers, um, I'd find people on Facebook, I'd reach out to other influencers in the area and say, Hey, let me know if there's any like meetups or anything like that. Um, So we lived in Fort Benning, Georgia. So I did a lot in Atlanta. We lived in um, Fort Belvoir, Virginia. So I did a lot with the DC blogger group. Um, And when I moved back to Cleveland, I kind of knew some people because we're from here originally. Um, So I just kind of would reach out and make connections and um, kind of insert myself. (laughs) That's so that, funny. You're from yeah. Cleveland because that's where a lot of my friends are in the military. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Jesse's been, been all over the place. Yeah. I'm not I grew military, up here. <laughs> no. So yeah, we, my husband's um, dad was military. So he, when we moved back, this is where he considered like the longest place he had ever lived after his dad was military. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Solon, which is um, a suburb. So when we moved back in 2017, this was like where we knew we wanted to like raise our family. So. And now he isn't in the military. Yeah, he was. Um, yep. Yeah, so he was retired and now he works for the VA. So that was a good transition. And he works from home. So he's my coworker <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> I was going to say in your closet. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he's right here. No. Yeah, he's uh, downstairs <laughs> in his office. <laughs> that's 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 awesome. And that was such a smart way to kind of go about things. So you, as you said, you, you've been doing this for 12 years, mm-hmm. um, kind of. And you've been doing this before people really were you like one of the ogs yeah you know og yep yeah and a long time (laughs) you've grown i know you've grown to like seventy thousand on instagram at this point right yeah i'm around there and then if you combined everything i'm at about a hundred thousand so it's definitely um been a slower and more steady growth than a lot of i feel like instagram is really favoring new accounts right now so people who are just starting are kind of being seen more in the algorithm whereas like i've been around for a while um and again instagram wasn't around i didn't make an instagram until i think it was 2013 so back then it was just you know like google plus and um i don't even know what else we use but wasn't instagram so um i fought that for a long time i did not want to join instagram and now it's like my bread and butter (laughs) And what about TikTok? So you're on t- you're on TikTok, I'm a- right? I'm on TikTok. That's more of like a willy nilly kind of thing. I have no strategy or like plan for that. It's just kind of like when I feel like putting a video up. <laughs> yep. Well, so you 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 as you said, you kind of created this own path for yourself when nobody else is really doing it. You've been doing it yeah. for twelve years, and you've gotten to a point where you were able to provide yourself with this full time income, but. I know a lot of influencers when the pandemic hit kind of all of a sudden hit a wall. What happens to your specifically your business, the Samantha show? So full disclosure, I was making a lovely six figures from blogging. It was my, you know, it was a very nice paycheck. Um, 
And when the pandemic hit, it, actually 2020 wasn't even the worst year because I had still had these contracts. Everything right. was going on, you know, per usual. Um, they were, I had contracts in place like months in advance for the rest of the year. So 2020 really wasn't even the worst year. Um, it was the years that followed. So a lot of marketing companies were either hesitant to put their, um, or a lot of brands were hesitant to put the money in their marketing department because they didn't know we couldn't go into stores. So anything that I had done in store, that was kind of an issue. Um, they were like, okay, we lost so much money from the pandemic. We don't have the funds to allocate towards influencer marketing. Like that's just not what we want to do. A lot of brands are still old school. They want to do TV commercials and billboards and they're not seeing like the benefit of influencer marketing. So um, it was a challenge to get them to understand like, okay, but people are home. Like they're all they have is their phone right now. So like, why, why the shift? Why the change? Um, so for that first year or so, it was a lot of affiliate marketing. So where I wasn't getting brand deals with, um, you know, brands for campaigns and things like that. I kind of did a lot more with like reward style and affiliate marketing mm -hmm. that I maybe hadn't put as much effort into previously. Um, so I started doing a lot more of that. And even 2023, like we're still here, we're still seeing like a shift from pre pandemic, like the budgets just aren't there. Um, and it's just a lot different, a lot different than it was. Well, are you finding that a lot of, um, places and, and not necessarily think places that you had worked with prior, but maybe on that same level as some of your partnerships were they, was it like all of a sudden more gifting opportunities were coming your way and all of a sudden they weren't willing to like pay you, you know, what you're actually worth on top of it. Like I, I noticed that while I had started getting more paid opportunities, like, yeah, there all of a sudden it was like, oh no, we're not doing, we're not doing paid collaborations at this time. Yeah, a lot were gifted. And I think a lot of it too was no one had works. So they were more willing to take gifted opportunities just mm -hmm. to have something to do, which in the long run kind of hurt the entire industry because now yeah. they think, well, why would I pay someone to make this content and create this content when I can get it for free from this person? Um, so that has been a challenge. Yeah. Did you... Other than going with like the affiliate marketing and stuff like that, did you and now that you're now that you were Cleveland based and you knew mm -hmm. that you were staying in this area, did you look for other like employment opportunities in the area, like to kind of supplement that income in a way? Yeah. So actually last summer, um, I wasn't getting many opportunities. They were still coming in, but it's not consistent. And as you know, this industry is not consistent. You get yeah. paid, you know, net 30, net 45, net 60 after you've worked with the brand. So um, when I wasn't getting these opportunities and the paycheck wasn't coming, or if I was getting an opportunity, it was taking months to get paid. I was like, I need something like consistent. Um so I actually was hired as a contractor for a digital marketing agency, and I'm the um, social media strategist for that now. So I do that on top of what I'm already doing. Um, so it's kind of interesting because so my degree in college was strategic communication. Obviously, my husband joined the military. I wasn't working in a traditional setting, um, but it's kind of come full circle now. I wrote a lot of press releases and media kits, and they're things that I'm using now for my own brand. Um, that I, I went to school for, but again, that was, I graduated in 2009 when it, like there was no, now there's influencer like classes in college and like social yeah. media classes. It's crazy to me. 
Um, and if you ask a kid off the street, like what they want to be when they get older, they're like a YouTuber, or like an influencer. And it's so wild to me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm using my skills now. And then for my social media strategist position, I knew a lot going into it because of the career path that I made for myself over the past 12 years. So that obviously is helpful. In yeah. That. Do you, so you kind of mentioned the fact that it's, you know, this, this business isn't consistent. You're still seeing a lot of the impact from the pandemic on the mm-hmm. influencer marketing. What do you, what are you noticing now? Like right in this moment, have you been, have you noticed that people are starting to maybe roll out more paid opportunities? Like, do you feel like you're going to get back to that point where you were making that six figures from just blogging? Do you see that happening or is that past for you and I don't mean like you can't do it I'm meaning right no you're just getting like to a point where you're just like I don't know I'm a little burnt out or whatever it is exhausting because you pitch yourself and you wait for pitches and you I mean they always say you hear no more than you hear yes so like I'm I'm used to hearing no or getting you know no answer sometimes most of the time straight ghosted but um Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I do see brands working with more influencers and Q1 is always very slow anyway, because brands yeah. are setting their budgets and like that's normal for and even pre-pandemic. That was normal. So I'm hopeful that going into, you know, the rest of the year that that'll change. Um, I just wish that brands would see influencer marketing is still huge and most brands do and most brands that I've worked with at least, because I, I don't like to take gifted opportunities. Now, if it's something like crazy, obviously I'm going to take it, but like that is, that's my time. That's my energy. And as you know, it's not just slapping a picture on Instagram. It's getting the product, taking the picture, editing the photo, writing a caption, editing that caption. It's, it's a lot. So a gifted opportunity is actually, I'm losing money in the process. So, um, I don't know. I'm hoping that things are starting to pick up. Um, and most, like I said, most brands I've worked with do see the value in influencer marketing. And when they don't, I just have to tell myself we're not a good fit. And Mm -hmm. there are brands out there that might like, they might pay, but they're not a good fit for me. And I've always been like very true to myself and to my community. I'm not going to take an opportunity just because it pays the bills as much as I would love to. But, um, if it's not authentic, one, it's more work because I have to really stretch to like talk about it. And two, it's just like, it's just not authentic. And influencers get such a bad rap as it is. And the whole de-influencing thing is happening now, um, where people are literally de-influencers and telling you not to do things and not to buy things. So I don't want to ever steer someone in the wrong direction. So I see, I haven't heard of this trend. Mm -hmm. I actually heard that term for the first time. And the other day on TikTok, mostly. Mostly TikTok. That's where I consume (laughs) my entertaining content. I just want to like be entertained. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to deal with all the ads. I mean, there's still ads on TikTok, but I feel like they're like less, they're actually like more sneaky and clever. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good ad. Oh, yeah. It's an ad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the new thing is de-influencing where people will say, um, I tried this product, it's awful, don't buy it. So it's the opposite of what an influencer is doing. Um, Do they yeah. get paid for this? Like by a competitor? I, I don't know. And actually, along those lines... Can, can you do that? as Like if a competitor hires you, can you like 
mention the commercials back in the day where they would compare Pepsi and Coke with with its competitor and they never named the competitor because I feel like they can't like slander, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like a lucrative thing or if they're just trying to build their credibility and still do influencing. Um, That's a good point too. Jeez. Yeah. It could be a whole other show that we've got. Right. It's always something. Yeah. (laughs) It's always something new. I have a question. So, okay. So we, we've kind of seen like your trajectory, right? Where it's like, you had like this amazing momentum for the last 12 years pandemic mm-hmm. hit. And it's like, now you're like in a different, and you might be just in a different stage of life too, where yeah. you're like, you know, I'm only exactly what you were just talking about. Like, I'm going to take work that I want to do. In the meantime, I'm also have this other like contractor gig. What would you say to someone like just starting out or like starting out during the pandemic and trying to like, do you think that they're going to be able to get to your trajectory of making like six figures and beyond with influencing at the current state? Or would you tell someone that they need to look for like multiple streams of income to, to do but that e- these days? Even, even when I started, so right, I started in 2011. I didn't start doing like influencing till 2012 it probably wasn't until like 2017 where I made any sort of income from it. Like I would make a couple, you know, hundred here and there, but it was not, a lot of it was product-based at that point, right? Like brands are just learning like, oh, I have to pay them on top of products. So that was very new. Um, so there were many years I worked for free. And I always tell people when they reach out, because I actually used to have a blog mentorship program and I would mentor bloggers who had just started and kind of wanted to like make their own way. And I would always tell them, write about what you know, do what you know, be who you are, and the followers will come and it's not going to happen overnight. There's no like cheat the system. And trust me, I'm frustrated people who do cheat the system and buy followers and buy likes and they work with these brands and you go and look at their engagement and you're like, it's literally bots. Why are the brands not seeing this? And it's frustrating. However, I think in the long run, like your you're only you. There's only one you, right? So like you just have to stay true to who you are and build your followers and your community and take the time to do that. And eventually the deals will come. Um, And I always tell myself if someone tells me no, or if I don't hear back or um, whatever, that it's just not the right deal. I mean, there are going to be brands out there who will work with you and they'll be the right fit. Now, can they, can they do it? Absolutely. I think there is a spot for everyone. I feel like everyone and their mom has a blog or an Instagram now. So it's harder because, you know, back in the OG state, like there weren't that many of us and it was just easier to like, to shine. Um, And now you have to kind of find your sweet spot. You have to share the real true you. And I just, you know, you hope that the right people come and the right brands come. So I would say, yes, like you can do it, but you might want to do freelance writing on the side. You might want to look into starting a podcast, like multiple revenue streams. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book, which actually I've never told anyone. So um, that's kind of like, hello, surprise. But um, that you heard it here first. You heard it here first. This is an exclusive. (laughs) But um, yeah, but it's like you have to have other revenue streams and kind of other things in the process. You can't just wait for a paycheck. I think that is a really smart piece of advice because I think so many of these influencers, as you said, there, there, there's, I think Stanford University 
has a TikTok class or something like that. Crazy. <laughs> I heard I heard that on the Today Show a couple weeks ago, and I was sitting there and I was just like, "Okay, where was that?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, when I was in college, because I think I was probably in college around the same time as you. Like, where was that? Like, what? What? what how did I miss out on that? Like, right. And I think about our kids and what they're going to be doing, and like, you know. When we wanted to take a picture of ourselves, we had to like take out a camera. Mm-hmm. The and... whole selfie, like MySpace, like way above your head oh, kind of gosh. thing. And, like... and then upload it to the computer and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally, totally new world. So it mm-hmm. that that you have you have a couple of really, really great points there. So so all right. So what can we see from you for the rest of the year? What 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 do you have lined up for opportunities? Do we so again, this is kind of another shift that I've had to make, but um, now that, you know, I don't have these deals that I used to have, I'm also, we're continuing to grow and evolve. So who I was 12 years ago, obviously is not who I am now. So when I first started, it was a lot of like military spouse stuff, um, parenting stuff. I was in, an, I was a new mom in, in that stage of my life. As I get older and as my kids get older, it's less of the parenting mostly for privacy reasons. I don't want them to ever feel like they're being exposed or I'm sharing things they wouldn't want me to share. Um, So I've kind of shifted to more focus on life as a family versus individual like parenting moments. And travel is kind of something that I find is a good compromise between sharing like things we're doing, where we're going, what we're seeing versus parenting um, as a whole kind of. So I have a lot of travel opportunities lined up. You'll see me in Salem a few more times this year, <laughs> but, um, but I have some travel opportunities and I do have a few brands I'm working with. So I'm continuing to do the influencing thing. Um, I'm still working for my digital marketing agency doing that um, and helping other influencers maybe, you know, get to where I am and kind of helping them in the process. Um, and yeah, just, and as I said, I'm working on a book. so. Well, we'll look forward to hearing more about the book. Maybe we'll have to have you back on the podcast to yeah. talk about that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know if I'd love had anybody talk about the process. I think it would be interesting because it's all about content creation. And that's like, you know, mm-hmm. a big yep. piece of content. So yeah. yeah. And now and we've kind of talked about how your content has shifted, you know, throughout those years. As you said, it was more like military spouse and parenting. And now it's a lot more of life as a family. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I always love seeing those uh, those. Uh, updates on your Instagram. I also love the fact that you still update your blog every once in a while, by the way, like as somebody who likes reading long form blog posts still, mm-hmm. it's always nice when well, and influencer marketing, I mean, brands really brands want Instagram posts, they want that yeah. instant gratification, whereas I try to sell them on the fact that uh, like Instagram could go, it could like disappear tomorrow and you're going to lose everything you've built on Instagram. A blog is something you own. It's tangible and it's something that's going to live forever. It's yours. We don't own Instagram. So I always tell them Instagram is a great way to supplement the content that you're writing on the blog. Pinterest is still one of my biggest traffic drivers from my blog and people are always on Pinterest looking for stuff. So that's still one of my biggest like wow. reasons why I blog is because people are still using that. Um, and it's not, I mean, I used to write seven, probably seven days a week. And I'm like, how did I have the time for that? What did I even write about seven days a week? And now it's maybe a couple of times a month if that, but I'm trying to get back into that because that's why I started this in the first place. It was a creative outlet. 
it was writing. I've always had a passion in writing. Um, so I kind of wanted to get back to that and express myself that way, but then also supplement with Instagram. So, well, now that everybody, now that we've talked about that, where can people find all of this writing that you're doing? So my blog is the Samantha show.com. Um, my Instagram is Samantha underscore show underscore. Um, I do have a Pinterest, which is the Samantha show and same with Facebook, the Samantha show. Samantha, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for having me. It's nice to see you again and uh, hoping that we can meet up again in Salem sometime this this year. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks for having me. So this topic actually came up when Samantha and I were sitting in one of the cafes in Salem because that's we met we had met on a, a fam trip with Destination Salem, you know, um, we kind of alluded to it. She absolutely loves Salem, even though she's not from this area. I am from this area, but I, and I've always loved Salem. I've had family that have lived there back in the early 1900s. You know, we just, we have a kind of history um, there. So we connected on kind of our love of Salem, but then she was started talking about how, you know, she's had to look at other ways of making money because I, I didn't know that she had been making six figures prior to the pandemic. I just knew that she had gotten to a point where she was able to provide herself with a full-time income through her blog and her Instagram. And of course, that's like the dream for any influencer. Like that is, if you're, if you're really going to pursue this, that is what you want to do is to be able to provide yourself with that full full income just through brand deals and partnerships and affiliate marketing and everything like that. But then she had shared how a lot of those partnerships had kind of gone out the window during the pandemic, Um, which is somebody who, while I've been doing this since like 2017, 2019, kind of in between there, um, I didn't really start making money until like during the pandemic. So um, it was like, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that as like a thing. And that's how we got on the the topic. So um, it's she's she's so talented when it comes to her content, creating her content. Um, But it is interesting to hear how she has shifted her content creation since her kids have gotten older. Her husband has left the army. And then, of course, the pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. um, shifting that content strategies with without everything that's been going on. Um, so it was very interesting for me to hear as somebody who kind of aspires to get where she was at one point to hear what she's planning on doing um, as influencer marketing continues to go on, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I think it's important that she's paying attention to what's happening in the industry and being able to recognize that. And sometimes, you know, having the wherewithal to make the pivot and, you know, as much as, you know, she probably would. Well, I can't make that assumption, but, you know, perhaps she would have wanted things to stay at that six figures, but she seems like she's been able to find a path that works for where she is, where she is at in life now. So I think that's important for content creators to, you know, consider when things may change in a drastic situation such as the pandemic that a pivot sometimes isn't necessarily a bad thing and to always reevaluate you know, what your goals are and where you are in that current situation while also paying attention to what's happening in the market. Well, it's interesting because, you know, she was talking about the fact that she graduated in 2009, putting her in, you know, her mid-30s. 
doing this since she was in 2011, that's like the, as I said, that's like the OG influencers. And so many of the influencers that made it big from that time aren't even like really blogging anymore. They have their own clothing line. They have their own stores. You know, there's people like Cupcakes and Cashmere, um, Emily Schumann, who, you know, a year or so ago, she was blog. She had been blogging daily or, and she had a whole team behind her to help her do this. And then all of a sudden one day she was like, we're not going to be blogging every every day. We're going to blog maybe once a month. And it was like this whole thing. Um, so it's interesting to talk to somebody who has been doing this since blogging really kind of started becoming a thing. And it, and she's she while, yes, she has pivoted and she's looked for those other sources of income and she is kind of has her thumb on the trends when it comes to what's going to happen next. The fact that she is still keeping up with it is just kind of refreshing for me because it's obvious that this is something she's passionate about and she didn't just get into it to make money she gets into it she got into it because this was a an outlet for her mm-hmm. um which is I, I just love that piece of the puzzle so mm-hmm. um well thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation make sure to join our facebook group cocktails and content creation community and you can follow us on instagram at cocktails and content creation i'm kate andrews and you can follow me on instagram at fashionably kate and co and i'm jesse wyman you can follow me on instagram at jesse wyman photos Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.